Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, a podcast featuring two people consciously living and loving as husband and wife, parents, and individuals working to make the most out of their lives. I'm Jay Taylor. And I am Aaron Taylor, and we are so happy that you are spending some time with us today. Welcome to episode 22. I realized when I listened to one of our recent episodes that we don't actually have to say the title of our of our podcast because we say that in the intro. So it's kind of redundant to say it again. Did so, you notice that? Well, yeah, but still. It's kind of like... Still nothing. Isn't it kind of like the thing we do at the beginning to sort of get our brains around the idea that we're... Doing this podcast? If our brains aren't around it without saying that title, that's a very sad thing. Hmm. Well, anyway, so here we are with episode 22. We're going to revisit a very favorite topic of ours. Organization and decluttering. (laughs) How to maximize by minimizing? Yes. Ooh. Maybe we rename the podcast. I like that title for the episode, Maximize by Minimizing. Right. That's a good one. So, over the past weekend, after a adventure-filled Friday and Saturday that might very well be fodder for another podcast mm-hmm. in the future, on Sunday, with a free day in front of us, pretty much, we... Immediately you, filled it up. Well, you immediately filled it up with the idea that you... I remember going to bed on Saturday night and you said, we don't have anything to do tomorrow before the movie that we planned to try and go to. Um, you said, we don't have anything to do tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, I don't think we do. And you're like, great. I got so much work I want to get done. And normally that means you had a lot of work that you were going to do on your computer and stuff what would have meant in this case was no you had work around the house that we were gonna tackle that we we're gonna tackle and so. the kind of stuff we were tackling <laughs> bless you okay. the kind of stuff we were tackling was stuff that you don't really take the time to focus on to tackle on a regular basis not like cleaning the kitchen or vacuuming or something we were tackling some organization and clutter true well, I mean, part, the first part dawned uh, not too ominously in that it was literally just, well, we'll take down the Christmas tree. Yes, that was that was a priority, an absolute must, because we're <laughs> we're well into January at this point, so <laughs> it was time to take that down. Yeah, I literally think there was a year, one year at my old house where we had the Christmas tree up at my birthday. At the end of January. At the end of January. Like, that I think must it was have like been a busy month. It. I don't know whether it was a busy month or whether we were just pushing it, but... That's pretty late. At least I remember that anecdotally. Maybe it was... <laughs> maybe in my head it was really just like two weeks into January, but... Yeah. It seems like a cool goal. Push for <laughs> January 30th to have the Christmas tree still up. 
Well, do you know we have friends, uh, a set of friends who now leaves their Christmas tree up all year long? I did not know that. Yes. I must not have been to their house recently. Yes, they do. They decided it's depressing to take it down, so they just don't ever take it down. So it just spreads Christmas cheer all Do they leave long. it decorated? Oh, I think they do. I, I'd have to really plumb the recesses of my mind the last time I was over there to see, but I think I think there were decorations on it. Oh, that's a visitor. <laughs> Our cat wants to come in. Our doorbell is ringing, in which case, in this scenario, what it actually means is somebody's pawing at the door because he can't get in. Our cat and our dog must be in the room with us if they can get to the same floor as us. When we record in the basement, we can shut the basement door, and then they can't get to the door that we in the room that where we sit down there to paw at it. But now we're on the first floor, and they're pawing at the door. So. So anyway, so we decided that we we're going to take down the Christmas tree, which had to be done, and that was fun. Actually, because it's got one of those sick, rewarding pleasures because we have a lot of Hallmark kind of ornaments that have little boxes and, you know, each thing has to go in its box and each thing has to go with the right plastic wrapped around it or to the degree that we can still find those things. You know, we sort of pulled all the garland and other random ornamental things that are hanging around the house and pulled those off put them away we didn't tackle the outside lights because it was <laughs> eight degrees <laughs> without the wind chill without the wind chill yeah um, they're just gonna stay up a little longer yeah so spread some cheer um but we got all that stuff down and then as soon as that was down you like whipped out the pledge and started oh, yeah, like yeah that's right Doing all the surfaces and digging under stuff and well because vacuuming the room from the yeah putting once you put the tree away you have to get that room that it's in back to a base level of cleanliness because the needles fall everywhere and then the dog's hair goes under the tree and it hides behind the skirt and everything needs to be tidied up and cleaned up yeah and so that of, was fun and like a Spartan level of uh, well, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, like, like. You know what I'm even thinking? Talking about Spartan. Yeah. I'm even considering painting all of our walls white. Let's just go back to a blank slate. Just have nothing. Just like a chair, a table, white walls, nothing hanging on it. Just back to the basics. <laughs> you can see my face right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I don't think we're doing that, but, you know, all the knickknacks were away and, you know, we kind of, he's chewing on your wire. We kind of shuffled the, shuffled the deck a little bit of the room that the tree was in. We moved the table around and a chair a little bit and what have you. So that was all fun. Then we kind of progressed into the kitchen and we sort of, just a little bit, just a little bit in there. Not too much in there. And that sort of transitioned us into the dining room. Just a little bit of stuff, but then... There wasn't much to be done in there. In the past couple of weeks, maybe month or two, I have been saying that I needed a redesign of my office layout. 
Uh, Your I, home office. Like. My home office, right. So I have an office. I, I work from home. And <coughs> actually the room we're sitting in right now. And it has two desks, one for myself and uh, my assistant. And, um, you know, it's it's a decent-sized room, but it has, uh, because of, the A, the furniture that we have, and B, just the nature of the shape of the room, there's some kind of strictures in terms of where you can put everything. But I was really feeling... Um, stymied. Stymied a little bit by the nature of the layout of the room. So we then came into the room and pulled out. We started in one corner. And with the exception of the bookcases, which still maybe need some review in some regards, we literally went through every stitch of every single thing in the room Mm -hmm. down to the massive cable wires and stuff that runs the internet for the business and the and the pencil shavings in one of the desk drawers of my desk and everything and redesigned the room from the ground floor up. Might it be fair to say that you are a bit of a pack rat? No, that is not in any way, shape or form fair. You're going to walk, you're going to walk off mic again. I don't think it's a great idea because when you walk over to that room, the other part of the audio is dead. I'm sorry. You're not a pack rat. You're a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. Number one, I'm an artist. So that leads to naturally the nature of having uh, the art that you produce be something that you then have around until you either sell it or do something with it and store it. And then secondly, I'm also a comic collector. And there are comic books that I've collected and stuff like that that I have. Um, but I don't think of it as a hoarder or a pack rat. That's that's not a that's not a fair way to characterize it because that implies something of no value and also not at all. But when I say that, I am not quantifying or qualifying <clears throat> the items that are being hoarded. I'm only talking about the form of the items, the fact that there are items being hoarded. That's it. Not the value of it or the lack of value. It's just holding on to tons of physical clutter. Okay, so the contra point to that is you have, how many are there, four bookcases in our family room? Yes. There's not one item on those four bookcases of shelves that have anything to do with me. Yes, I know. And, you know, I was looking at that the other day and trying to wonder how I could thin that out. Because the majority of those things are photo, family photo albums. Which I are, would say the majority. I would say half of that space is photo albums. No, no, no. Go back in there and look. It's at least 75%. I'm going to walk off mic like somebody does. In the middle of the podcast. So well, if I don't walk off mic, the cat will just sit there and bang at the door and ruin our audio off mic over in the corner. Yeah, where it can't be really hurt. But anyway. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's filled with photo albums. Right, and those photo albums could easily be stored somewhere else because they never get looked at. Rarely do they get looked yeah, at. Yeah, they, they do, but not very often. And then there's books upon books upon books. More books than I have in, in this room. 
I would say, in these limited shelves. Well, my books are thicker than yours, but I get—I bet you if we counted them up, you have more. Yours oh. are thin little comic booky things. It's not a contest, but anyway. So there's, there's certainly. And I've either. given away obscene amounts of books. I am a book hoarder. No, not a hoarder. I'm a <laughs> book reader. I read tons of books, and I used to save every book I read. But years ago, I gave that bad habit up. And really, the only ones that I store now are ones that are very, very special to me. A few that are very special. And ones that have been signed by the author. And I happen to know the author. And ones I haven't read. That's what I've pared it down to for me. If it is not super duper special, like my Shefali books, or something like that, or it's a friend of mine who signed my book, or I haven't read it, I pass it lovingly on to someone else who will appreciate it when I'm finished. Hmm. I would say for me, a lot of mine are ongoing reference books for artwork. And there's certainly some that would fall into that category of read it, don't need it anymore, and should be passed on. So maybe that's something that could inform another sweep through my bookcases of, okay, if it's not, if it's something that I'm already done reading, then, and I'm not necessarily going to read it again, or it's not a reference, Real, or it's not really art special book, to you, or really special to me, then maybe it does need to be passed on, sold, given passed away, lovingly on, or sold lovingly to someone who will appreciate. Yeah, so maybe that's a that's another thought to go through those books. But anyway, so then we dove into the decluttering of the office and the shifting around of the furniture and moved everything around and looked in every. Nook and cranny. And, and while and dusted under the bookshelves, moved them around, cleaned up every square inch of the of the wood floor. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah, it definitely is one of those things that needs to be done from time to time and certainly after it gets done it feels really good. Um and we're still kind of re finding our way in the space like what what's where and what has to be you know in a different place and what things do you put in where, what spaces on the wall and what have you but I came in yesterday to get something off the printer and I couldn't find it immediately because I knew it was moved from where it was but I knew that we talked about a couple different locations. So I looked in the other location. And I was like, where the heck is the printer? Oh, yeah, it's over there now. <laughs> it's not a big enough room that that should be a problem. But that's funny. It was very funny. Um, yeah, so, you know, another example of decluttering and sort of reworking the space and the lightness that comes with or that can come with kind of it's changing it up. It's physical lightness, but it's also energetic lightness. I think the act of moving the furniture and sweeping the dust out from underneath of it, even something as minute as that, energetically, it's like cleaning the cobwebs out of the recesses of your mind. And that's a good segue into my other belief that your physical space is an outward projection an outward 
illustration of your the work the current st- state of your mind and i made that realization <clears throat> or made that connection years ago when my dad was in the growing stages of alzheimers if you recall his house was fairly organized and everything had its place before his mind started to mm. go south yeah or go off into outer space and the worse he got the worse his mind got the worse his physical space got right and when it was really bad right before we as a larger family decided that it wasn't a good idea for him to live on his own anymore his um I remember very clearly going to his apartment at the senior center where he lived, the senior building. And when we opened the door, there was enough space to open the door so that the door could swing open. And then there were piles of boxes almost as high as me. And there was a tiny little path, a skinny little path going to the kitchen. There was no counter space. Everything, bags and boxes piled on all the counters. There was even bags I remember in the in the dish drainer, and I thought, oh my gosh, how's he even drying his dishes? Right. And then there was a little pile going to the couch, and then there was a little pile, there was no room on the dining room table, and a little pile going to the bathroom, the bedroom. I mean, a little path. And other than that, literally the whole small one bedroom apartment was filled almost five feet high with piles of boxes, every square inch of the floor. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness. It was at that point where he was starting to get confused about what year it was, what day it was, what the date was, what time it was. He was forgetting our names. So his mind, I I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, his mind is like a cluttered mess of thoughts that he can't sort through. And he can't even figure it out how to... Like the normal stuff that we take for granted. You wake up, you pretty much know what day it is, what your name is, what time it is. He couldn't even figure out those basic things. And so when I saw that space, I said, oh my gosh, this is what the inside of his mind is looking like. This is bad. And so ever since then, I've been very, very aware that your physical space is really a reflection of what's going on inside of you and your mind. And I know for me, when life gets busy and stressful and there's not enough space, space of time, empty time, and the schedule is packed too tightly, my environment starts piling up and getting cluttered. And the stress of right. the clutter is, uh, it just adds, adds insult to injury. It's, it's painful even. And sometimes when it gets like that, I just have to say, that's it. For the next half hour, I'm not doing anything but getting rid of some of this junk and putting things away. And so it's. I said this to you when we were cleaning. It's interesting. You've been saying creatively you feel stuck and disorganized and you feel like you don't have a direction. You don't. You have all these ideas of projects, but you don't know what to focus on. You're so clouded and and uncertain of what to do and and there's so much almost like like the snow on the old tv when the the channel went (laughs) off static there's just so much stuff you can't make any sense of it 
And when we really started digging into this office, I thought, well, it's no wonder you can't make sense of it because your environment is cluttered. So if your environment is all cluttered, number one, that's an, an illustration of what's going on in your mind. But how can you sort your mind out if everywhere you look is just piles of stuff? You have to sort your physical space out if you want to sort out your mental space. Right. and Or vice versa. Could go either way. Yeah, I, I think that it, it's a sign. And it's interesting how you said, like, every once in a while, when you would feel like the piling up of stuff, both in a, uh, like in a physical way, but then also, like, things piling up on your plate that you had to do or that you're working on. Um, and you would say, okay, I'm going to take half an hour and I'm going to get this straight. And I would, that would happen for me almost daily walking into my office. But unfortunately what actually needed to occur was something like what took us I wonder if our listeners can hear the helicopter. Probably. Outside. It's really loud. Military headed to Fort Dix. When we, when we record in the basement, we're not so close to the <laughs> sky, so <laughs> you can't hear them as much. No planes or helicopters. Um, but it, the unpacking of my clutter, because then I would do, like, I would do that for like 15 minutes, get resigned. Because you can't, could I couldn't make a significant dent or get distracted by something coming up that needed my attention, and then three days later be like, oh, God, well, look at this place. It literally needed four hours, five hours. Yeah, it was a, it was a process. It was not of easy. going through. Okay, do I really need to have this at hand, or is this a piece of artwork that I or a sketchbook that I can? put away and let, you know, sit in the basement in a, you know, safe space, but not handily and readily accessible. Right. So there were three levels you were deciding. Did it need to stay out accessible to you in your vision? Could it be safely and lovingly stored away or could it be given away? Right. And that process actually, I think, helped kickstart in my brain. Okay. Like, Good. Now that I have that stuff kind of cleared out of the way, okay, now I can do this. Now I can do that thing. Now I can do this next thing. And isn't it amazing how how closely connected those two things are? Your focus, your motivation, your excitement, your energy, and your physical space. They're so intimately connected, but unless you really think of it in that way, you don't notice it. But it really is true. Right. Though... I will say that it's it helped me move on to get some stuff kind of done and cleared off my plate and kind of structured more correctly. The other thing, which is a sort of creative direction, is still not out there, though I think another fodder for another episode could be going through the process of... One of the things, so you sent me an article in context of that 
uh, a discussion we had about, okay, choosing your direction creatively. And you sent me an article that Seth... Godin, one of Godin. my favorites. Yeah. Well, I love him just for the one quote or that one three-minute video that he ever, that he did. Yeah. Um, He's really good. Yeah. But um, you sent me a, a blog post or something of his that he put together. And it's an exercise that I want to go through um, with you in terms of helping to nail down that creative direction thing. And maybe it might be interesting. We can think through the logistics of it to do that as a podcast episode. Hmm. Um, and, you know, see what comes of the idea of, you know, sort of presenting, hey, here's the various things that you can do. Here's the various directions you can pursue, presenting them to uh, a trusted advisor and, you know, with a pros and cons discussion and a resource, you know, mapping and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, sort of see where that goes. So maybe an interesting idea. Hmm. Anyway, so I think that probably about wraps up this discussion. A nice, tidy 25-minute episode for us this morning. But I think a good one and one that kind of touches on one of the central ideas that we... Uh, continue to believe is important as we try to maximize by minimizing. Yes. So I, I wonder what our listeners do or feel in terms of minimizing. If they are minimalist by nature or if it's something they strive for but it takes so much work or if they don't even bother and they just have a bunch of stuff everywhere. Interesting. Interesting to know about people. Well, if you have thoughts about this and you want to share them with us, give us some feedback by sending an email to... You know what would be really cool? That would be really cool. It would be really cool if they would go on our Facebook page, Maximizing Life in the Middle, and putting a post up there and saying, I am a minimalist, or I am a hoarder, or I'm in the middle, or I love it, but it's hard to do, or whatever. Yeah. We All could right. have a little chat on our Facebook page. Well, maybe we'll post the episode and invite people to do that as well. Yes. As having this call to action. Oh, my God. That's like a really social media kind of thing. <laughs> having this call to action at the end of the podcast. But uh, with that, we'll wrap up. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.